Today we talk about a bunch of stuff on the first and last Hangover New Year's Day special on Ted Rabbit Radio. I need to drink more water. Hey everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day, too. I am hungover. Now, when I say the first and the last, it's not the first and the last New Year's Eve or New Year's Day episode, because we'll have many more of those, but it will be the last episode I do hungover. Yesterday wasn't just supposed to be the bonus episode. I started to record this episode. I was going to release it on New Year's Eve. I had one beer. It wasn't even a beer. It was one of those straw burritas. It's a margarita in a can. And I proceeded to talk about Bird Box for 20 minutes straight. And I was like, I can't do this. I went, I edited up the bonus episode. I, I have a really low tolerance to alcohol. And then I went out. So, quick note, my buddy Aaron, he's a listener of the show. Hey, Aaron. He invited me to his show. He's in a rock band called Sundiver. Great band. I wish I could have paid more attention to lyrics because he says there's a lot of like cool concepts in the lyrics, but in live shows, it's kind of hard. Plus, by that time, I had three more ciders, hard ciders, not just regular old apple cider, and I was pretty blitzed. And then I came home and just kind of stumbled around my house for a while, went to bed, woke up today, ate my body weight in Taco Bell, and now I'm recording this episode. Once Sundiver starts to get some music recorded, we'll definitely see about playing some of it on the show. It's a really good band, though. And I think a lot of it, when we're talking to Aaron, a lot of it crosses over to the same topics we talk about here. So, I'm not going to talk about Bird Box for 20 minutes like I did on yesterday's scrapped episode. I wanted to highlight two scenes. Now, first off, let me back up. Bird Box is the biggest hit movie that Netflix has announced. They said they had 45 million views of that show within a week. And it's a horror, sci-fi horror movie about a world where... It's a normal, it's the normal world, but one day these invisible ghosts or demons show up, and if you look at them, you either get so sad you kill yourself, you get so afraid you kill yourself, or you fall in love with them and you keep running around and going, open your eyes, and you try to take people's blindfolds off or hold their eyes open. It's completely ridiculous, Re- completely ridiculous premise, and the movie doesn't work on multiple levels, but I'm going to break down my 20-minute review into basically two scenes. Because this really, the early on, this happened, and it set up everything. The star is, who's that chick? Uh, Sandra Bullock. But Sandra Bullock and her sister are driving away from a hospital where they just saw a bunch of people kill themselves. Because this, this infestation or whatever has just come to the United States. And the sister is driving the car, and she said, We need to get to my ranch. I have supplies there. It's off the grid. No one can find it because they don't know what's going on. And and after watching multiple people kill themselves, and on the news it was showing this was happening worldwide, some uh, someone makes that offer to you. There's a mysterious disease causing people to kill themselves. And someone says, I have a place completely remote that's stocked up on supplies. The normal person would be like, just fine, whatever. Sandra Bullock goes, what? What will I wear? All my clothes are at my apartment. We have to go to my apartment first. And then, which is completely stupid, and then the very next scene, they're still in the car, a huge explosion (laughs) blows up behind the car, like maybe two or three blocks away, but a massive explosion. And 
well, I forgot her name. And Sandra Bullock goes to the driver, her sister, goes, go, 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 go. And the driver goes, what? I can't run a red light. The whole, and they just sat there for a while, and then they started driving. The whole movie is that. It's people's personalities changing scene for scene. Sometimes Sandra Bullock is very, like, caring, and we're like, we can't let this guy go back out there. That's suicide. Like, we have to take this guy in. And then... She also has her kid and her friend's kid. They both gave birth at the same time as one of the cult members was running through the house trying to open their eyes up. And she has both those kids for five years. You know, she gives birth to one and the other little baby's there and the mom jumps out the window. So you have Sandra Bullock with two babies. Five years later, we go into the future and she named the kids boy and girl. So it's like she's sentimental towards total stranger it was supposed to be like she wasn't ready for motherhood or whatever nonsense like that but in some scenes she was totally like close to strangers and other scenes she can't even like name these kids for five years it's called bird box because she has a box full of birds birds make noises when the monsters are around and the whole climax of the movie is her rowing a boat down a river blindfolded i've seen some stupid implausible stuff in movies but rowing a boat blindfolded down a river, it, it, it takes the cake. I've never seen anything that dumb ever. Earlier in the movie, they drive a car blindfolded and they kind of are like, well, this car is GPS and it has like these sensor warnings. But you would you would be in a if you did a boat blindfolded for more than two minutes, you're totally gone. It's like a six mile journey. It's completely ridiculous. So, yeah, that's it. Bird box. Don't watch it. Sorry, guys. Better luck next time. Netflix. It was better than Cloverfield Paradox. Kind of. Okay. So, as my dehydrated body, my husk, sits here, still soaked with four ciders, trying to rehydrate, let's take a look at some New Year's tradition stuff. I thought it was interesting, because I was trying to, I was like, are there any New Year's ghosts? Eh, there's always a ghost walking down a hall somewhere, but that's not interesting to me. So, with all that being said, let's talk about Pizzagate. It's only... Barely connected to it, but it all started off with a Pizzagate thread on Twitter, which eventually brought in the daughter of Hillary and Bill Clinton. So Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen is a model, and she's been around forever. I'm not calling you old, Chrissy, but you've been around for a while. She posted on Twitter, she posted pictures of a little girl, and her little girl was dressed up as a hot dog, as a pineapple, and as Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Not all at the same time. As awesome as that costume would be, a hot dog dressed up as Alice with a pineapple on its head. It was three different costumes. And in another tweet, she tweeted the emoticon of a slice of pizza. So the Twitter people jumped all over this and said, Oh my god, Chrissy Teigen is part of Pizzagate. Look at these photos. And other people were like, Oh my god, dude, how can you deny that these photos are pictures of Pizzagate? Here's why. Alice from Alice in Wonderland is supposedly used by MK Ultra agents to brainwash young girls. Because you know Alice falls in the looking glass, the mirror. Anytime you see Alice in Wonderland imagery, it's because the, the Illuminati wants you to see that. They're showing you that that's how they brainwash young girls. And hot dogs. You're like, well, hot dogs are all American. How can that be associated with a French revolutionary group of masons from the 1700s how what does a hot dog have to do with them well a hot dog is a code word 
You should know this, audience. Oh, what? I can't believe I have to even explain this concept to you. It's so obvious. A hot dog is a code word for a young boy. God, I should 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 dump you for the Pizzagate audience. How can you not get that reference? Now, obviously, your question would be, why is the little girl dressed up like a hot dog then? Oh, don't think too much about it. Just po- po- post a bunch of comments and like this like this video on YouTube. And it was so funny on the tweets, they're like, yeah, I don't know what a pineapple means. The pineapple has no code in this Pizzagate mythology. It's just a pineapple. So they couldn't fit that in. Anyways, a couple of the tweets, and I've actually discovered this too. You know, we talked about Hans, and he believed that men are women and women are men, and there's this big thing to... Sw- That's actually way bigger than I thought it was. That's, I thought it was just a Hans thing. No, there's tons of people who believe that most women are really men and most men are really women. So we'll have to explore that again. But in these tweets, they bring that up and they're like, yeah, Chrissy Teigen's a man anyways. And other people are like, what? And there's one person said, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, I believe in Pizzagate, but, you know, you got to knock off with this trans hatred. So there, it was this weird, because the dude just threw it out and was like, yeah, you know, it's a man. What do you expect? Anyways, Chrissy Teigen responded to this and said, I normally don't respond to this type of stuff, but you're, you're, you're assaulting my kids. One of the people on Twitter said, look at the kids, look at the look in that kid's eyes. It's very common. That's what sexual assault or that's what abuse victims look like. That's pretty low, dude. That's, that's a, someone's kid that they're like wearing a costume and you're saying, yeah. But that kid gets abused. That's ugh, that's pretty pretty jacked up. So Chrissy Teigen responds to this, and she's like, hey, hey, man, you guys are making fun of my kids. Like, kind of crossing the line. And Chelsea Clinton responded to that tweet, saying, hey, you know, happens to me. I don't, I don't mind when they make fun of me, but when they started making fun of my daughter and threatening my daughter, I report all of those. Now, the beautiful thing about Twitter is you can have somebody who is... Super duper duper famous, super powerful and whatever. And anyone can contact them in public. There was a thread recently where Mila Jovovich was just randomly talking about movies, like Resident Evil movies, and someone tweeted back, you suck. And she was like, I suck, you suck, you'll never be on the set of a movie. And total, I mean, it's probably a fake account someone created, yelled at a huge movie star, and flipped her out. So Chelsea Clinton, daughter of Hillary and Bill Clinton, reaches out to a Twitter friend. They don't really know each other in real life, but a fellow mom and says, hey, I go through it too. And then someone with the account called Rogue Hooters staff, like a rogue member of the restaurant Hooters, just says, eat shit, Chelsea. Like, and it it just tagged right to her. That's the greatest thing about Twitter. So that started a big thing where people were then contacting Hooters and saying someone is using an account that makes it seem like they work for you to insult an ex-president's daughter. So then Hooters had to get involved and say, hey, we don't have anything to do with this account. Once Hooters gets involved, Chrissy Teigen is like, what is happening? Like, hi, Hooters. That's her exact tweet. Because you have these two powerful, famous women and a restaurant that is known for busty women and, and hot wings has to get involved. Chelsea Clinton responds, in 2017, at Church of Satan and I were put on a few threads together in 2018. It's Hooters. What a time to be alive, Chrissy. The Church of Satan, because she tagged them in this, the Church of Satan responds, the never-ending excitement here is never-ending. And then Chelsea Clinton responds, 
It's been so long. Happy New Year. And in that, she tagged Church of Satan, Chrissy Teigen, and four other people, most likely Hooters and whoever else was in the thread. Now, that happened earlier, obviously, in like January of 2018. So people took that seriously. The people, and it's funny because it's on Snopes. Did Chelsea Clinton tweet Happy New Year to the Church of Satan? And it's true because she did. But you have to take it in the context of all everything that happened before that. It was kind of this thing like, what what a wacky world we live in. First, I'm connected to at Church of Satan, and now I'm connected to at Hooters, and I'm this person, and it's just, I'm a mom, and it's just such a weird thing. But that actually made things worse for her and Pizzagate and everything like that. Even Sarah Palin, vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin, chimed in and then a bunch of other just normal people chimed in saying you know this this just goes to show what we're up against this is pedo wood this is the satanic elite so on and so forth and blah 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 yes she did wish happy new year to the church of satan but it's so bizarre that all the context is gone from that a lot of this stuff it has to be about the context however of course this just threw fuel on the fire Because now Chelsea Clinton is talking to someone who's accused of being, dressing her kid up as a hot dog. And now the Church of Satan's involved. You know, is Hooters part of the Illuminati? I don't know. It's hard to keep track of all this stuff. But yes, she did. It is true. She did wish them a Happy New Year. But again, it's all about the context. So, New Year's traditions. We've talked about Chelsea Clinton ringing in the New Year by talking to the Church of Satan. Did you know? No, Franz is not showing up, even though that is his character. That is his official phrase. I should get a shirt made that just says, did you know? Has a picture of a guy named Franz. Um, but did you know? Did you? Uh, no, no. Franz, Franz, I just did Franz on Bam Magera's Afterlife. He can't come back that quickly. But did you know that there is actually a movement? It's probably like three people, but they actually believe it. That New Year's Day is satanic, and so are New Year's resolutions. So the New Year Day, the New Year Day being satanic, that's a fairly, that's a, not a very controversial belief. The idea is, and it's true in the sense that when Christianity began to take over Europe, they they went the path of least resistance. People had traditional holidays, pagan holidays, and the church says, "Yeah, that's Jesus's birthday," because they really don't care. They're like, if this is when everyone gets together and hangs out, we'll just rename it. They did that with churches and holy sites and holidays across the board. Apparently in the Bible, there's a part in Exodus where God says to Moses and Aaron, and I think Aaron's his son or something like that. Maybe it's just some other dude who's just like, <laughs> he was like a time traveler who just hung out with Moses and he pops up occasionally in the Bible. I wonder if there is a time traveler in the Bible, like Bible times, like just chilling in the background. Okay, so Moses and Aaron are are hanging out, and God goes, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And fades away. So the, what he's talking about is back in Hebrew times, there was, they used a different calendar, obviously, because they had no idea what, who Julius Caesar was. They, they're basically, when God was saying that, it was the month that is between our modern March and April which is supposed to be the new year. And we have it on January 1st. Therefore, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day are satanic. Those aren't the days that God wanted us to worship or wanted us to celebrate as the new calendar. I don't think he cares, dude. And actually, the website I was reading, 
It was from a book that was published in 1964. Hasn't gained a ton of traction. Just believe, because again, I don't, that's such a minimal thing. It's not a holy holiday when you celebrate the New Year's. It's simply just a day to say, hey, it's new beginnings. I don't, we're not a farming culture. The reason why the logic saying that God assigned that time as their new beginning is because it was harvest based. You got to pick your battles sometimes. Like, if you're trying to save the souls of humanity from eternal torment, if that's what you truly believe, I don't think getting them to put down their paupers on December 31st is a good tactic. You gotta choose your battles. And I think that's what Rome was doing. Just the church in general. They're like, whatever, dude. Yeah, Jesus was born right now. Your old holiday is gone. This is the new one. They're just choosing their battles. So, on its own, I didn't find that one super compelling. However... There's a trick that I've learned. You can type in blank conspiracy. Someone believes a conspiracy about that. And I talked about that like on episode four or five a long time ago. But the problem is a lot of times it just pulls up like criminal conspiracies. However, you can into Google, not just, I should be specific, not just type it into a text file. You have to type it into a search engine. You can type anything blank satanic. Someone will believe it's satanic. Oddly enough. No matter what you choose, if you put in laundry detergent satanic, I'm sure something will pop up. So when I typed in New Year's satanic, I found this old article. But then, oh man, I think I hit the jackpot here. Did you know, did you know, that not only is New Year's Day satanic, but New Year's resolutions is one of Satan's greatest weapons against humanity. So I'm going to read from this article here. It starts off with a bombshell. It starts off with something that I always personally believed, but my mind was blown when I read this sentence. Here's the first sentence of this part. A society is not a chimney. Oh, what? I, oh, man, I always compare society to a chimney. I, 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 was, I thought I was the only person who ever even saw the two connected in any sort of way. But this guy, this guy knows, man. Society is not a chimney. You know why? According to this guy. A chimney is built of bricks. Okay. You stack up bricks one on top of the other. And at some point you have a chimney. I think you have to have a little more planning than that. I don't think you can just stack bricks up and you have a chimney. I think you have to design it and it has to be like a a shape with a hollow tube through it. But it's analogy, whatever. A society is not a chimney because a chimney is built of bricks. You stack one on another in any sort of random order with no design, whatever, and eventually it becomes a chimney. But, actually, no, I'm adding the but. He doesn't add the but. This is his quote. A society, in a way, is built up of spiritual bricks, i.e. resolutions. But doesn't that make it like a chimney if now it's built of bricks? <sighs> he has this weird... It's almost like he's going by the most strict definition of the word resolution as possible when people say oh hey what's your resolution for the new year it's a goal it's a decision you're making we tend that they're good resolutions but someone would be like oh i'm just gonna drink as much alcohol as i can tonight that's my resolution it's a goal it's you're making a determination to do something i'm resolved to do this he goes into this whole thing think about the police forces for example A policeman has a uniform, a badge, often a firearm, if he's lucky, or he could be in Britain. 
But what distinguishes a true policeman from a uniformed bandit? What happens when policemen abandon their resolution to serve and to protect? You gotta have both of those in there. They just can't serve. The material objects remain the same. The uniform, badge, pistol. But the spiritual brick shatters, crumbles, and disappears. What does any of this have to do with a New Year's resolution? The title of this article that I'm reading from, New Year's Resolutions, A Satanic Plot? And I cut out where he spent the first third of the article, he came up with this weird mathematical formula to show what a resolution was. But anyways, so yes, but that's not when people say, oh, what's your resolution? Oh, my resolution is to uphold the law because I'm a police officer and that's my job. That's not what we think of when we think of a New Year's resolution. He then goes on to say stuff. Think about banks. Do you think that the money in your bank is really inside a big vault with your name on a stack of dollar bills? If the bank decides to abandon their resolution to give you your money when you ask for it, you're broke. But that's not what people mean. Now, he goes on and on with all of these examples of it, but I got to get to the meat of it. This is the section entitled, How Does Satan Attack Resolutions? Quote, there's no, I couldn't make this up. Quote, Satan doesn't have huge biceps or money or an army except for the millions of demons at his control. And I've always, I think, I think Satan would be pretty fit. I don't think he'd be like super lanky or like incredibly fat. I think he'd actually probably would have huge biceps. Maybe not like, maybe not like 33 inch pythons or anything, but I don't think he would be. I don't think he would be someone who you'd be like, man, you need to hit the gym, Lord of Hell. I think he'd be pretty ripped, but Satan doesn't have huge biceps, and he has all the money in the world if he's tied in with these Illuminati guys. But anyways, Satan doesn't have huge biceps or money or an army, but he's the owner of a kind of big marketing consulting firm. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. I wonder who the mother is. I wonder if if that's just a turn of phrase, or if it's supposed like he gave birth to lies. I guess the snake lied for the... I don't know. Since Satan wants to destroy everything that is good in our society, he must attack the very substance of the spiritual bricks that make it up. Therefore, Satan does everything he can to give bad publicity to good resolutions. What? <laughs> One of Satan's favorite tricks is to throw dirt, throw a handful of dirt on the reputation of resolutions using his famous New Year's resolutions ad campaign. So I imagine like Satan sitting down in in hell and he's like, oh man, humanity's been doing so good for the past 10,000 years. There haven't been any sort of wars. People aren't just murdering each other in the streets. There's no terrible diseases. If only I had some way to stir the pot up on Earth. (laughs) The world's just getting nuked to pieces. He's like, nah, it's not good enough. What I need to do, what I need to do, I need, we need to, we need straight up madmen this. We need to get a ad campaign going. They're like, what, what devil? Devil, he's like, my name's Satan, dude. Don't call me devil. Okay, Satan, Satan, what What do you think we should do? What do you, release more Ebola? He's like, nah, it's child's play. You know what? 
I hear, I, have you guys ever heard of the term spiritual bricks? And they're like, what? No. And Satan's like, me neither. But we should tear apart these things we've never heard of by starting a thing called New Year's resolutions. The other demons are like, ooh, yeah. We could have these start during, you know, March, between March and April. And Satan's like, no, we have to do it. The satanic New Year, January 1st. What do you guys think? And the demons are like, oh, yeah, sorry. So Satan has set up the idea of New Year's resolutions. And here's why. Back to this article. We're leaving hell to back to this article. The poor gullible suckers who bite this diabolical fish hook always bitterly repent afterwards. The new year arrives and they are filled with good intentions, so they leap. Quick, I must run a marathon right away since I'm fat. (laughs) Trust me, no fat person ever says they have to run a marathon right away. And at the same time, I'll do my income tax return since I'm always late. And while I'm running with my computer and my bundles of invoices under one arm, I'll hold a paintbrush in my mouth and a canvas under the other since I've been wanting to learn oil painting for years. What are the probabilities of success for such an endeavor? About zero. I would say that's beyond zero. You're fat, you're running a marathon, you're doing your taxes, and you're trying to paint at the same time. But, back to the article, but this is exactly what Satan wants. He wants people to take as few resolutions as possible and to take them as incorrectly as possible in conditions which practically guarantee their failure, and especially that they create as many bad memories as possible. (laughs) He didn't laugh in the article, that was me. So apparently Satan, father of lies, and lord of the flies, it kind of rhymes, and has this huge demonic army, and according to this guy, isn't fit, but I'm sure he has at least a barbell set in hell. He has all this power, be magic, basically. He can be invisible, he can tempt people, but he his main plan is having, like, whispering in people's ears, you should lose weight. <laughs> He'll never lose weight. But the problem with it, that is that, what if the dude loses weight? And he's like, he goes about it the right way and says, I'm fat, I should run a marathon. Next marathon's in eight months, I'm gonna do it. And Satan's like, Dag nabbit, I should have never whispered in his ear to lose weight. Now I'll have to wait 60 years to capture his soul. But, you know, again, it's one of those things. Like, this dude was reaching. He he had to come up with such a strict definition of the word. I think he was working backwards. I think he was probably sitting there smoking the Christian equivalent of marijuana and thought, dude, what if New Year's resolutions are satanic? And then worked backwards to prove his point. That if I have such a strict version of the word resolution, then it's a New Year's resolution is just something you say you're going to do. And you're right. Not a lot of people do it, but it doesn't create bad memories. You just go, oh, yeah, I totally forgot. I was supposed to learn how to play guitar this year. You don't sit around and cry about it. And to be fair, if it is part of Satan's plans, most people's New Year's resolutions are pretty self-serving. So you think that would work against Saint? Because New Year's resolutions are stuff like, I want to buy a house. I want more money. I want to lose weight so I can be more attractive to attract the opposite sex. That's all very, really kind of selfish. People, Not a lot of people do New Year's resolutions when they say, I want to give more money to charity. Normally, it's something to, something material. And say it should be like, yeah, yeah, do it. Lose weight and buy that house. That's all that's important. Don't worry about your spiritual growth. 
do it. You think it would be the opposite. But again, clever little trick. <laughs> if you want to find anything bizarre, just type in blank Satan or blank Satanic and you'll get stuff like this. The idea of Satan running a marketing firm, though, I, I just imagine him with like one of those tribe tripod things and you have like the the sheet of paper on it and you kind of like flip it over he stays up all night like on these huge sheets of paper writing down his marketing plans and then he take goes into the office with all the other demons he sets up the tripod puts the big sheet of paper on it and instantly erupts into flames and he's like oh yeah i forgot i'm in hell like what how would you have a marketing team in hell what are their desks made of do they have, I mean, you would, everything would have to be stone. You, you couldn't keep, you can't have a computer down there. It's all on fire. Everything, I mean, all of your legal documents would be on like five miles of rock. Go, go walk three miles over that way. That's where the fine print is. I'd like to give this guy the benefit of the doubt and not think that he actually meant that Satan ran an actual marketing firm, but, or marketing campaign, whatever the term was. No, it says he's the owner of a kind of big marketing consulting firm. So maybe he has a bit of an out because he said kind of. But it's still, I just imagine it's a place called like Satan and Sons. And you go in there and you go in there and you're like, this is my product. How are we going to sell it? And Satan's like, hmm, discarded baby flesh. There's a market for that somewhere. He sells it to Avon. I just love the idea that God's eternal God's like spent the past 10,000 years preparing for the final war between good and evil and Lucifer's down there making ad campaigns for IBM. I love that idea. I'm just imagining at some point in the future, Satan's going to be sitting there going over a pie chart that's made out of pebbles and seashells. And then all of a sudden he's going to look up at his clock and go, oh, wait, I forgot Armageddon's coming. And then just a bunch of angels show up and just lay waste to his entire empire. Saint Satan and Sons. That is where I'm going to start getting all my marketing done from. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason L. Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. I'm glad you listened to it today. Sorry for the vibrating mic there. Have a great day, guys. Psh.